The following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. This is Sarah Roach, the voice of Maki from Fire Force, and you're listening to a Toonami Faithful Podcast exclusive. Hello and welcome to Nami Faithful fans. I am your host today, CJ, alongside Sketch, and we have a very special guest who will be joining us today. Hello, hello. My name is Sarah Roach. Um, I am an anime voice actor, and you may know me as the voice of Maki Oze in Fire Force. AKA best girl of the series too, by the way. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah. have, you, you have two big That's Maki fun. fans in, in this podcast <laughs> here, but uh, Sketch was wondering, you know, it's we haven't talked about Fire Force since season two has rejoined the block. And what better opportunity than to have one of the voice actors join us for a discussion of all things season two of what we've seen so far on Toonami. And once again, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I think this would be really fun. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, So the first kind of part that we see with season two was pretty much when we were cut off from season one where Shinra's like, oh, I want to save my mother from, you know, being infernal. And all of a sudden, we see Shinra go to Company 4 to kind of learn more about his Adola Burst. And then we find out that there are more kind of individuals like him with the pillars. And I have Mm -hmm. to at least get your thoughts about it. Because, like, it kind of threw me for a loop where all of a sudden this one pillar, uh, the the blonde-haired girl, was able to kind of, like, take a hold of Shinra and all of a sudden just warp him into the complete opposite of what he was. How wild was that? Because he seems so... Like, when you think of uh, Shonen protagonists, you know, they're very strong-willed you have asta from black clover you have deku from my hero academia shinra is really up there with his like strong will so i was really like taken aback that all of a sudden he just completely did a 180 to almost mm-hmm. almost proving arthur's point yeah it was crazy to watch um and it, it gave me you know reminded me a lot of like when naruto like mm. the fox would come out or like when with Ichigo, like his inner hollow would come out. And I think those are like always really, really cool moments to see because it, it is a total 180. Um, and I just think it was like animated really well. And mm-hmm. Derek really killed it with that. Um, but yeah, I was pretty hyped for that because <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> his voice Jeremy is good. as the devil in his ear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the thing too. I love like Jeremy has been in so many different things, but I love when she gets to play a villain. Like my favorite mm-hmm. role of hers was Road from D. Gray Man. And so mm-hmm. getting to have her kind of fill that uh, niche again was so like it almost seemed like perfect, like a soothing yet chilling voice that I could see easily could turn Shinra to kind of give into his rage about what happened 12 years ago. Exactly. And and you're right, too. Like, Derek has been absolutely killing it with Shinra's so voice. Oh, my God. It's been so great. And mm-hmm. The entire cast has, too. But I think what I've really been enjoying from uh, season two and, like, rewatching it, again, just to kind of familiarize myself, there's a lot of, like, lore that's just dropped in with each arc that comes in. And I just yeah. find it, like, it, it's not just, like, an info dump. It, it feels more like a, like, very much, like, not to throw a pun, but a pillar of each one, and they keep making it bigger and bigger with how it's expanding on this world. And I think the the tone that it set from this like starting arc with Company Four was amazing, especially with learning more about Adola Links and how like uh, Company Four's captain even saw one as well. 
Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's like compared to the first season, it's like a whole nother level of things that just we like didn't even know before. Um, and stuff just keeps getting revealed. And it's just like, whoa, every time. Did you do uh, any like research beforehand as you were recording for Maki, especially for this season, considering how much info really has been thrown at us throughout these like, what, 18, 19 episodes? Right. Um, I so I'm kind of of two mindsets. I like to kind of come into the booth fresh so that I can sort of react in the moment to things. Um, and usually like I may read up to like the chapter of the episode that we've recorded. I don't super like to read ahead for the most part, um, but I definitely read afterwards. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like to have it be a surprise almost when I get in there. So I'm not, you know, thinking about it too much beforehand and it's more just like on the fly and um, fresh reactions to things. You certainly get a lot of those with there. Um, and like, I know the like Sheenra's kind of turn took a little, like it was, it was, like a few episodes and things like that. But it, like I said, like setting that kind of like darker tone that really started to creep into everyone's mind in the series, I think was really good. I'm, I don't know if mm -hmm. like sketch noticed it as well too, but like, it does seem like have well, fire force always seem to have kind of a, not necessarily morbid, but just darker subject. Cause considering people are dying, like burning up, but it, it yeah. seemed even to me, like the series was like, we weren't really prepared for these kind of moments coming up. What would you say on that sketch? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's gotten progressively darker, grimmer, more disturbing. In this season, there's there's like there's so many people that just straight up died. Right? I'm like we introduce Inca. Yeah. She 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 seems like, you know, a decent enough girl at first, you know, kind of you know, she's robbing people, but maybe she's not so bad. <laughs> and then she just lets her two friends die. And I'm like, what the hell, girl? Dude, that was brutal. I was going to say like I like how we're getting obviously more pillars and learning that the, it's not just Shinra and his brother show as well as mm -hmm. Helmeo like getting these powers. And I think introducing Inka was like such a wonderful, I wouldn't say quite foil because she is working with the white clad, but she seems almost like the same as Shinra, but yet her motivations are vastly different. And right. her introduction, like, oh my God, that, like I love her. I love her character design too. Like she, especially when her eyes like light up. Oh my God, it looks mm -hmm. so good. But what were, <laughs> what were you like thinking when you were seeing Inca, not only like start off like, Hey, like Sheena was saying, you're saving people. You may be robbing them, but you're still helping them. And then it just turns into this complete mess where the white clad are doing their thing. And then she ends up going with them. Like what were your like kind of thoughts when you were seeing that whole arc of her introduction unfold? Cause it was a wild ride to watch, especially with how, just brutal it was <laughs> right um i mean i've always been drawn to like the baddies um in like any show or movie and um her like whole personality of like this danger seeking super reckless um kind of thing is really interesting to me and i think um she's a really interesting character the way she's written is really cool um her like moral compass is so weird um, and fun to watch. And um, I also just love Maddie Morris and mm -hmm. anything that she's in. Um, so that adds another layer to it. Um, but yeah, I I really like Inca. <laughs> she's really fun to watch. <laughs> what would you say like more about that moral compass? Because it was funny because normally when you see... I know like we try not to be like black and white when it comes to, oh, who's good, who's evil when it comes to anime. Mm -hmm. She really threads that line when it comes to like the gray area because Sheena yeah. really did make that point where I'm like, I never really thought of it like that considering you are robbing people. But like, yeah, they're not dying, which is 
ultimately the goal because as we all know things can be replaced people can't right right yeah i mean i think she's so caught up in thrill seeking that anything else doesn't really occur to her in terms of like morality so she's not really thinking about like well this person might get hurt it's more like but will this be fun um, and I think that's part of what makes her so interesting to watch is because like, I don't know what she's going to do here. <laughs> I do like the thrill seeking part. Cause like, I'll be honest, I love roller coasters. So I, I kind of get her side <laughs> of it. Cause I just, I happen to like, I don't know if, if sketch is on me with that, but I do enjoy a little adrenaline, adrenaline rush here or there. I mean, who does it? Oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm glad. And I think it's like when we talk, like how we started off talking about those first two arcs, I did like how kind of short and sweet because it didn't feel like it dragged on. I've I've really right. like not to say that it's bad. It's just when you get to like these succinct points of like how things are going. Oh, Shinra, you're you're special. You have an Adola burst. Uh, all of a sudden more are coming and they might not necessarily agree with what you're trying to do. And it's just like bang, 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 bang. I, I really, really find that Fire Force's biggest strength comes from these succinct storylines. Yeah, and I think the pacing in season two has been really great, too, just in terms of like moving from one thing to another, not dwelling too long, not doing it too fast. Um, and it's helped the story flow really nicely. And it definitely has. Because you would you mentioned that before, haven't you, too, especially and like I'm not saying the first season didn't have those types of moments. But it's it's it, I think from our last episode that we talked about Fire Force, we kind of felt that we were on the same page of how succinct their storylines seem to be or arcs, mm-hmm. I should say. Yeah, though. So- I'm recalling when I uh, watched this uh, first arc with Inca and thinking, I was like, this this is actually getting a little long of the tooth once the... No, it wasn't this one. Was it? No, it might have been this one. But, you know, when they keep adding more and more characters to a battle, I was like, oh, okay. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Are you but... saying you did like some of the white clads that showed up, like Charon? I love Charon. Okay. Charon's okay. my so great. favorite. <laughs> Sharon's uh, hilarious <laughs> and way too op my gosh oh i love it though <laughs> oh when he could re- but it, he's like he's he's so ridiculous it's he's like such a dad are, are, are you inca are you <laughs> you're inca right <laughs> like let me know right. if i have the wrong person right. Right. Yeah, at least he's polite before right beautiful. <laughs> yeah. um and i will say uh i have to probably well it's what I really enjoy, and it gives me Hunter Hunter vibes with Fire Force, is so far with season two, each arc has, that's grown on each top of one another has been like better than the last. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we start off with Company Four, you know, learning about Shinra, which I thought was like, oh, this is really cool. Go over to Inca's introduction. Oh, that's really cool. Then we go over to China instead with with the noxious gas parts, which is like. Yes, we need we need more of that. I love that. I remember Sarah specifically with a gift that she did of them all reacting from, I think, the intro of the song. And I'm like, this is just this is Toonami fans in a, in a nutshell. I need this more. I was very fascinated seeing how I wasn't expecting other countries to be so different from uh, what mm. Japan is in there. Uh, and I'm curious, Sarah, like what were your kind of initial reactions when you saw kind of the different types of cultures that were going on between the two different countries uh, within Fire Force? Because I, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily expecting it. I thought it would be more of the same with just a few like cultural differences, obviously, with it. Yeah. But it seems so like it almost seemed like completely different worlds. 
Yeah, it almost seems like um, the whole world has kind of been destroyed and maybe like Japan is the only kind of real thriving place um, is the you know, is the vibe that I got, at least from what we saw of China, that's like a wasteland, like a, a toxic, mm-hmm. um, toxic wasteland with all these like talking animals and uh, <laughs> the talking mole and the crow. And stuff. I love them, though. They were so funny. Yeah. Things I wasn't expecting to see in Fire Right. Exactly. But then again, maybe I should have. And, and I wonder, like, you make a good point about, like, Japan's thriving after, obviously, the great cataclysm, as, you know, has been hinted throughout this entire time. Do you think that, like, maybe the white clad had something to do with it, maybe? Or, like, perhaps that the the combination between the, light, the white clad's influence with Holy Soul, do you think that that might have played a part into why maybe they're keeping their focus on having Japan, obviously, you know, thrive after that horrific event and how other, you know, countries aren't accepting of the faith that is shown there that maybe it kind of played a part with it? I think it's possible. I mean... <sighs> we really only know about Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so there could be, you know, white clad or other organizations around the world, but you know, all that we know is, is they're in Japan and they're, um, they're doing their thing. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we don't really, I don't think we know what caused the great cataclysm. I think it just kind of happened. Right. Think right. of it. I, I think of it like the big bang, obviously. Yeah. Like, Cause uh, and like, we'll get into more of it about like the spiritual nature of the series, but I kind of feel like it's uh, drawing a comparison to something like that, you know, uh, yeah. considering of the heavy influence of religion that's in the series, which I, 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 I can't wait to actually kind of dive into that too. But I will say I, I found the whole Armaterasu like duplicate part, like, oh my, like it blew me away too. And yeah. how well thought out this concept was not only with the fact that another one might be propping up, but what might be powering it too. Exactly. Like I found that mystery so cool. And I'm curious on both of you guys, uh, how you felt about like that kind of revelation of, you know, company eight and, um, oh, is that company six no not six what was it was company four with them right the academy thank you thank you yeah 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 yeah. i was like no six is the hospital one (laughs) but um i really really enjoyed the kind of like everyone figuring this kind of thing out and it's just like oh my god what could this be actually happening what what were uh both your react and sarah we can start with you what was your reaction of like that amaterasu type of like uh revelation when it came to the series i mean it's kind of like a moment where like everyone has to reevaluate what they thought was the truth and, and what they've believed in this whole time. And it's like, it kind of shakes up their whole world and like their understanding of like the world as it is. Yeah. And, and sketch like for, I know for me, it, it blew me away in the fact that like, wow, they're really the way that it was like revealed and how it was hidden and then like how we start to see faults within the crack of this foundation of what's been kind of set for fire force it just it really made me appreciate the story a lot and i'm curious if you felt any kind of similar thing or if you needed uh like maybe wanted a little more from it or anything when we're introduced to the idea that amaterasu is powered by a single uh pillar it's a very disturbing concept. You think that this whole society is powered by one individual, but you see the practicality that the uh, this Hajima and the other scientists are proning forward is like, well, it's one person's sacrifice, but you're a fire soldier. You sacrifice your life every day. 
it's like, oh, boy, uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess so. But it's a little different, don't you think? I know. And I it's... love that. I love that they're playing on that role of like what firefighters put themselves on the line for, because it's like the same concept where you're like you're trying to do the uh, the amount of good for the greatest amount of people. And it's like that same concept, only it's much more warped and just like depressing in a sense. Right. Mm. And I think, too, like in one of the more recent episodes that we watched with like the the Hajima head or whoever, the guy who's always playing the Game Boy. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> that is absolutely me if I was a head exec. <laughs> but he um he kind of like has almost resigned to like this truth of like, well, it requires a sacrifice. And then Vulcan comes in and he's like, I can do this without having to sacrifice anyone. And it's almost like the light comes back into his eyes. Like it's not even a possibility that he had thought of. And he just kind of resigned himself to having to make this sacrifice for people so i'm excited to see what happens with that yeah i I think the introduction of vulcan was desperately needed from season Mm. one all the way into here like i really enjoy and like i guess him and obi i kind of count as the same like type of character since they don't have uh pyrokinetic powers i really Mm. find their addition um very humbling sobering considering especially obi will risk his life with the dangers he fears he, like he literally sounds like a firefighter and i know that the, the voice actor was a volunteer firefighter I, I... yeah jeremy inman was um a firefighter i think like 10 years ago right so like he really does convey that emotion so well like he does that but the author who created the character obi did a fantastic job of really making him feel like a lifelike firefighter it's Mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic and so the addition of like these two kind of characters to add on to it i think really blossoms into quite a very touching type of like it hits hits the emotions like the pathos they add is so just substantial and it's great and i would be hard pressed to not mention probably my favorite art from this is when uh shimo menimaru and joker go into the imperial soul Mm. Oh uh, my god! I got Joker's okay. backstory. Oh, it's, oh, I know that was that was deep in it itself. But in learning like how he actually knows Captain Burns too, which I'm like, oh, of course they both have iPad. Duh, hello. That was such a fake out <laughs> right? though. In the opening, you get this idea. It's like, oh, they're gonna fight. It's gonna be so cool. And then they start the fight. It's like we're not fighting. Oh. <laughs> it made me think of when Shanks and Mihawk in One Piece met in the earlier episodes and they didn't actually fight. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I wanted it so bad. You know they just shared a drink. Yeah, but I just... <laughs> Benny Maru is my favorite male character of the series. Only, like, oh, God. There's so much about him that I just love. Like, he has the tough bravado that, you, like, you idolize and, like, enjoy. But his compassion for his crews, like still like he's so complex with it. And I just love how tough he is in fights. Oh my God. Watching him invade the Holy soul was something else. <laughs> oh, I, I, I just, just knocked out for a moment. It's like, Oh, are you dead? <laughs> Not dead, stupid. <laughs> uh, I, I will say I missed obviously that episode, those episodes airing on Tanami Sarah. What was like everyone's reaction to all the like badassery that was going on and how much did you enjoy like not only seeing it for the like full for the first time, but like being able to share all the stuff you got to do with uh, like Toonami fans of this particular because this this that one was my absolute favorite so far. Like it, it was so good. Oh man, it was so cool. The animation and everything, like the the character building, the backstory. I, I think everyone was loving it, um, <laughs> based on what I was seeing. And uh I just live for like those huge, huge fights where the animation is just so good and um especially like with the whatever joker does where he he makes 
him like hallucinate. Oh with, like, yeah, the with the smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. Oh, I got so much Soul Leader vibes from it, which was <laughs> yeah. great, and I love it too because Fire Force like. There, there are obviously some things with it that aren't perfect. Uh, but, like, the thing that it does so well is every action sequence looks amazing. I remember in mm-hmm. season one when Shinra was first facing Sharon for the first time. And, like, oh, him getting God. punched through all those walls, like, both of them, and, like, the way that yes. they were flopping through it. I was like, oh, my God, this is very much, like, movie quality. It looks so good. And I was telling Sketch before we started recording, I loved how David Productions, who didn't work on Soul Eater, kept the, like same type of animation feel that Soul Eater had with the series. Mm-hmm. And I think it does, it really shine with this fight, or not necessarily a fight between Benny Maru and They and left Burns. the bones in. That is true. They did leave the bones <laughs> in on that. But I just, I was so just taken aback watching Benny Maru invade the Holy Soul. It, it made me, honestly make me think of when, uh, like the fight in Fate Zero. Oh my God, it was, it was absolutely, absolutely fascinating. And not to say that, you know, learning who the sixth pillar is and seeing like that art kind of play out wasn't as enticing because, oh man, Kurano, we have some, we, we need to talk. <laughs> we need to talk, man. Those eyes, first of all, but second Whoa. of all, like, oh my, <laughs> like seeing, how did he do that? Like, I don't even understand how he did that. I don't know. Oh my God. It was something know. else. But like, I remember, and I had this discussion with one of our other colleagues who did an interesting post about it, how it's like, yeah. This dude is obviously a crappy person. I would not want to be around them. But the message that he told, um, oh, God, I'm forgetting the kid's name. Uh, Natsuku. Natsuku, thank you. I want to say Natsuku. I'm like, no, that's a completely other anime. <laughs> Natsuku. But um, the ending message to kind of calm him down, I was like, oh, my God. It's like the whole thing with Inca again, where it's like, yeah, you're doing something wrong here, but there is some good within it. And you kind of see that yeah. with Kurno. Uh, yeah. how, did, how did you feel watching that whole arc? Because it... it it really kind of takes you kind of for a mental loop, especially like with Leek being one of the more central figures of it with his kind of allegiance to himself and his uh, curiosity more than anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, that relationship between Nataku and Kurno is so weird. And it's almost like, I don't know how to feel about this when you're kind of seeing it all happen, especially like that speech at the end. Like he obviously is able to, console Nataku, but like how how good will this be for him in the long run you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it's i i don't know how to feel about it and Nataku is already dealing with so much considering he became mm-hmm. a pillar because of Rekka and like that whole yeah. incident from the first season and uh and it's just like this poor kid he gets taken away and like shinra feels a level of guilt too considering he was at yeah. this facility he got away without them really realizing it and so they're now pushing him even harder i feel for Nataku so much yeah like it's really tough it's sketch like what would you say like when you're looking at kurno as like a character and like watching like if one thing fire force has is really messed up characters (laughs) it messed up in the head like oh oh, yeah how is it that this series is able to kind of toe that line of like making a lot of these messed up characters kind of fit more in the gray area than the simple black and white like because we have you know the messed up evil when you look at like um Uh. what's her name helmea you know what I mean? Like yeah. as an example, and yeah. obviously oh, the geez. evangelicist. But then you have like yeah. the really, really good character, you know, like Obi. And I would even throw Maki in that too, just, you know, throwing that one out there. <laughs> but um, how is it that Fire Force is able to have this kind of like gray line with these messed up characters like Kurno? Like, like, because that arc to me really exemplifies it more than anything. Uh, I, I feel like 
everybody's going to have a different perspective on whether or not Kurano is a good character or a well-written mm-hmm. character. There are things about him that work. There are things about him that are definitely problematic. Uh, and and uh, Brandon does a wonderful job with yes. his performance. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, at first, he just comes off as like a, a total asshole. Or a bully. And, a bully is the yeah, word that comes to mind. Yeah, to a, me. To, a total bully. He just wants to, to just wants to fight people who are weaker than him. Which uh, I, he's like the. I've seen other people say this, so I won't take credit for it. But some people say he's the opposite of Goku. <laughs> Goku always wants a challenge. This guy does not want a challenge. But I don't know. Towards the end of that arc, they they start doing things that endear him a little bit, like mm. his conversation with his boss over the phone yeah. is hilarious. It is, yeah. I'm, I'm an idiot, sir. Yes, I'm yes, an yes, idiot. yes. Okay, sir. But I I wanted to fight the weak ones first, sir. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yes. Okay. So sometimes it's difficult being a company man. <laughs> How did he become a company man? He was like being observed back when Shinra was there. And then he apparently became a worker there. That's, there's a story there for sure. Uh, I don't know. But by the end there, I still didn't really feel like he was the best idea for a character. But he he fits that particular situation because all Nataku wanted to hear was that he didn't have to be stronger. Because mm. all of through his life, his parents are like, well, you have to be better than this. You have to be better than this. And then Rekka was like, you can be better than this. You're amazing. <laughs> like, so, so much pressure for the poor kid. And then they <laughs> like play football <laughs> with the darn kid. He goes, oh, that he was goes funny. Through a lot. <laughs> that was. And like, it, it's funny because like I can, it's not to say that I'm like a bully like Kerno, but I actually relate to some of his stuff too, where I might be playing a game and like, man, do I really want to challenge? I just want to like unwind. I kind of took it like in that sense where I can at least see what he's saying. But then like you look at Nataku of like always trying to strive to be the best. Everybody and then, loves like, to pwn a noob. Well, there's, there is that. But then there's also times where like, man, I, I just wanted to like have a relaxing game. What's going on? Why are we getting sweaty? You know? So I at least yeah. see it on, on that front. But no, it's just I, I find it just fascinating how Fire Force continues to make these complex characters, whether they be, mm. you know, standoffish or not. And I, I remember last week's episode, Sarah, like you were mentioning too, how this was one of your favorite episodes where we got to mm-hmm. see Iris and like her very foundations Ugh. seem shaken. And the, you see, this has been played up ever since like the beginning of the, of the second season when they find out about right. show, the Evangelicus. And you start to see this foundation and it's so real. Like this yeah. broken foundation for her faith seems so real and something that... I, th- I feel like it's been in lit- literature since the dawn of time. And it's just, it, right. it just hits on such an emotional level that's, and it might be just because of who Iris is, but still like, oh, I, you were absolutely right talking about how absolutely amazing that episode was. The first part of that was, was absolutely so amazing. And what a combo of little uh, stories in that one episode. We get this <laughs> nice, vulnerable, heartwarming kind of first part. And the second part is just Assault, who I love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there, there are some ways to train yourself. He, ch- he chose one. And, you know... <laughs> We could kind of do. I did. I did love that. Um, Atomic, little. He's just too powerful. She is. I, I love that Easter egg you found too. I had no idea. I did not even notice yeah. that. Yeah. 
And I, I only noticed because someone sent me a picture of the credits and I saw Johnny Young Bosch listed as Scythe. And I was like, wait, who is, oh my God. That's and so I went back cool. and watched. Yeah. And he's talking about Maka and like, it's, I don't know if it was like just an Easter egg or if it was maybe hinting at like, this is the same universe. Like we've kind of gotten hints at. Oh, I didn't catch at. that either. Oh, I, yeah. I wonder, it, it does feel like that you could easily put these two worlds next to each other. Exactly. It, you, you really could. Although I wonder how, well, actually, right. Cause we had Blair and then like mm-hmm. we had the Chinese like animals that showed up later. So, you know, maybe. Maybe yeah. I never really thought of it like that, but I, I just I feel like it's it's more of like an author saying, you know, these are my characters that I did, so why not, you know? Which I, I think yeah. is cool, and I found the context of it great since it, considering Assault went to like, you know, a lounge of <laughs> like sorts, yeah, yeah, where uh, <laughs> Scythe would always find himself doting on his daughter, which is one of the weirdest things ever. But hey, you know, yeah. to each is their own on that, but. I think probably the biggest like thing I wanted to get your thoughts of, and it's it's something that um, uh, Sketch and I were have talked about not only you know off the podcast, but we even talked about it with uh, other cast members. I really really enjoy the influx of religion in this series. It's mm-hmm. different. It's not something you see because I know it can be a touchy subject for some, um, depending on how things kind of go with whether it be their faith or how the series might portray said faith. I really, I call it like Index Junior because Index, uh, certain magical index is kind of what introduced this type of uh, setting for me where it has religion and science kind of clash at each other. And while you're Mm. not necessarily having that type of clash here, just the religious undertones throughout this entire series, you can even start with just the basis of fire. It's just, it's so crazy to me how just the story has played out the way that it has with this type of undertone that hasn't felt that really hasn't felt like distasteful and hasn't felt like it's doing a like it's not it's not trying to tell people religion bad you know and it's right it's kind of showing that like you can have good things come from it and you can have bad things come from it and i'm curious on your thoughts of not only obviously working on this project with that type of undertone but just kind of seeing it all play out uh, throughout your time watching it on tsunami yeah i mean it's like you said i i really like the way that they've done it it doesn't feel like distasteful or anything like that it's like purely you know story-based and it's like we 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 get to see you know uh, first of all iris in that last episode like who has been so you know steadfast in her in her faith and have this being shaken up because of what's happened and um I don't know. I just I really like the way that they've done it. And I like the way that they've chosen to go with it, how everything's kind of unfolding the way that it is. And I don't know where it's going to go. But I do think it's made for some really interesting um, and gripping storytelling. And it's funny because like, as, as mentioned before, it's like, this is not something that's new. You know, you mm-hmm. you have religion as whether it be a, a guiding light for something or the antagonist side of things. But yet you don't see it as much as anime. And you, and you don't really yeah. see as much. You can, And some might argue it's like, hey, you know, why would they have like Christianity in this when that's more of a Western thing? Like, I get that part. But it's almost as if like it's still rather like it, it's just there. There's so much literature. There's so much medium that kind of has this type of theme within it. And I just yeah, I find it so weird that we don't see it as much considering the two shows that I at least can think off the top of my head that really played it up, such as, you know, the Index series as well as Fire Force. And they seem to do it in a way that is compelling and fun to watch. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really hear anyone saying, oh, this is, you know, making this religion look like you know, it's terrible and things like that. It's like, right. I, I don't get that from this, you know? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, and religion is such a big part of so many different cultures and people's lives. And I think it's interesting to see how this religion is in this particular show. And like, how is that different from real life? Or like, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's not something, it's not unheard of in anime, but there aren't a ton of anime, I don't think, that have these like overt religious themes. And I think it's really interesting to see considering how, um, how many people are involved in religion. Mm. And I, I find it, uh, kind of also soothing too with how they want to put the Eternals to rest and like I said the 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 yeah. kind of part of it that looks not necessarily wholesome obviously with what they're doing but you know the comfort that you get with laying something to rest where you right. can feel at ease with it it's it's rather beautiful honestly when you think about it yeah I and, agree. and and sketch I'm curious on your thoughts on that too has it changed since we last spoke about it on the other side of the coin you have uh, Shinra in that most recent episode. Uh, trying to console Iris and admitting to her, you know, every time that I finish off an Inferno, it it hurts me. It It's painful for me to do, even though I know I have to put them to rest. And Captain Obi told me, the worst thing this job can do to you is make you numb to it. Mm. But as much as I kind of wanted it to get easier, it hasn't. And it's, I find that to be very interesting. Also, the... Um, the, the sister just losing her mind at the one a father becoming infernal. She's like, I, I don't yeah. understand it. He, he was such a devote follower. It's like, oh, boy, that, that would cause a crisis of faith for anybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so because we already know and <laughs> we could talk about how they're kind of pulling the rug out <laughs> by uh, almost immediately being like, oh, yeah, uh, I was Raffles the first. <laughs> Oh yeah, Yona. I I formed the church. You know, you know, it's it's no big deal. <laughs> and then they they find out that you know that the whole holy soul temple was is a lie. But you have these characters with different perspectives, like that one captain from uh, uh shoot what the the second is the one with the head on fire, the bald head. No, no, the no, not the second. Um. <laughs> From uh, from from where Tamaki came from. Oh, uh, Burns. That's uh, Squad One, Company One. Squad One, right? Um, not Burns. The uh, the the other, the other. The oh, the weird guy. grandpa. No, the blonde guy who was in this. Oh, episode. with with the hat. Yeah, with the oh, hat. Oh, yeah, 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 he's missing an arm now, right? Yeah. yeah, he's he's talking about how you know, regardless of anything else, I you know, that's not God to me. So yeah, you you have characters kind of fighting the idea of whether or not there is still a god and that's i'm sure that's going to be part throughout this entire series now because before it was like you had no reason not to believe and now they're like well that that really muddles whether or not there is a god but ultimately he says you know if, as long as you believe in something you know that's all that matters mm. it's because you got to believe in something or you're full for anything oh i love that <laughs> i actually love that quote and like sketch i i have to say it seems as if like your point of view of how the series has progressed with you know the religious undertones has changed and i'm not saying like oh you changed it differently but it seems like or or worse it seems like you've really been enjoying how the series has been handling it yeah i i mean there's certainly things that i don't like about uh, the concept of oh, 
obviously religion is bad, but it's it's not like it's Helsing where it's like, oh, the Catholic Church is kind of terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the Catholic Church. Oh, the Catholic Church. <laughs> So there, I, I think uh, the author is is doing a better job of uh, making it not quite that. Right. <laughs> but no, no, I totally see your you point. You know, I, I can see how uh, devoutly religious people would would find it challenging to watch this series. But ultimately, it is like it's 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 not like aiming at the Catholic Church or Christianity or anything. It's a, there's some similar. Polarities, but you know they're they're worshiping the sun god. While some people might find it blasphemous, I mean, make up a religion so that they can do whatever they want, right? And yeah, you know that's that's fine. It it is very interesting how similar it is, particularly with the clergy, with uh, you know Western religions. But it's just a it's just a choice, really. Yeah, I it's I and I it's one that I actually really enjoyed, considering where you're the very kind of idea of like, oh yeah, we're having a nun come with us as we extinguish fires. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> it's a very interesting choice with it. Um, yeah. I, I and uh, apologies, Sarah, for diving a little too deep into it. I, I, I like I say, I find this topic so fascinating. But uh, what do you what do you think we should expect down the road when it comes to Fire Force as we kind of head to this home stretch of the second season? You know. I'm not sure. I mean, everything is everything is changing in in the world and in what all the characters know of the world and like how are all of these people dealing with like this sort of mental you know breakdown of like what they believed in and um, I'm excited to see where it goes, but I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I know I, I I can't I can't even begin to think because so many things have been turned upside down so quickly and in a good mm. way too. Um, and I'm sure sketch would agree. Like he's just excited to see how it finishes. Uh, I do have at least a, a fun little, like at least Maki. What's been your favorite moment uh, recording for Maki so far in the second season? Oh, I know gosh. like seeing the six pillar fight with uh, the puppeteer woman was really fun, especially when you were joking about uh Techio being called caterpillars or whatever. <laughs> they look like yeah. that. They do. They do. <laughs> Um, I, well, I have a couple, I would say first and foremost, the first episode I think was a really fun way to get back into it because uh, we, have, uh, we oh. have the action and then we also have like the fun, like, let's see what we can get the Lieutenant to wear and like the nude calendar and like just a, a nice kind of mix of those different <laughs> notes to start it off. And that was a lot of fun. Um, I think also I really loved doing um, the episode where Maki goes home and we get to meet her family and she has some really, you know, serious introspective moments. Um, and that was one of the first times I've really gotten to do any sort of, you know, scenes like that in the show where it's like she's not just, you know, being crazy or like kicking ass or whatever, but she's really, you know, she's going through it. And that was a lot of fun for me to to get to touch on. Sketch, did you have a favorite Maki moment? I, I feel like we should all at least say ours since we obviously have a very special guest in today. <laughs> <laughs> Please I... tell me. <laughs> Jeez, oh, I know mine off the top of my head. Like, I, I, I definitely loved in the first episode when they're all out shopping, and <laughs> Maki's kind of bum is like, oh, I can't wear cute things like that. And Shin was like, No, you you can wear cute things like that. And you get that visual <laughs> for, like, ripping through the dress. But 
Maki and jeans, am I right? Oh. I know. Those high-waist mom jeans, that was it. I mean, the jumpsuit's always good, but <laughs> come on now. No, uh, it's just, yeah. I, and, I totally uh, get your I, point I do on like that. Uh, seeing her interacting with her <laughs> delightfully wacky family. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, oh gosh, you got, you got Sabbath as her dad playing mm-hmm. a character who's awfully like Armstrong from mm-hmm. Full Metal. Uh, you got Jonah Scott as her doting brother <laughs> and and you got stephanie young bren is the mother who uh is clearly a bit of a badass though she's you know kind of told herself to be a housewife but oh so good so good that, that mm-hmm. it's like we're having a lovely family dinner for the first time in so long <laughs> and uh <clears throat> i'd be lying if i didn't say that that shower scene wasn't great <laughs> <laughs> that's funny no, it, mine... <laughs> and mark is like like a <laughs> I always been this. <laughs> Don't worry, well, maybe Maki. not always. <laughs> we we still love you, Maki. No, my my favorite part is easily episode one from the first season where she or episode two where she beats up Shinra and Arthur. Oh yeah. Oh 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 we, yeah. We get Bobo. That was. <laughs> oh my god. We haven't seen him since, but he got his moment. He did, but I just I love it too. Where <laughs> Iris is like, "Are you sure she's gonna be okay?" It's like Maki knows how to take down a man. It's fine. <laughs> she knows how to destroy a man. I love it. I love oh, it. But so I, I, I love, I think what I really like about her as a character and why I find her to be like my favorite overall is like she gives us this complete package, right? Obviously, I feel with anime, a lot of like characters, especially female ones, are kind of like one driven, kind of like a one trick mm-hmm. pony and stuff. But she gives you both. You know, she's very badass. She's capable. She's intelligent. She's very, very much what I would love to, like, see in more anime. But she also has these, like, vulnerable, girly moments that are, like, yeah. she Like, I like the fact that they didn't try to just make her take on the uh, emphasis of, like, a strong animal, as she jokes about, like, a cyclops or an ogre. (laughs) But the fact that she also is, like, oh, I like these dresses. I wish I could. You know, like, I, I love that. It felt very this character feels so much more real despite the fact that she can easily destroy the world with one hand you know and i really i really really appreciated that you know fire force gave us a character like her i really do and i can't say how pleased you must be the fact that you get to voice that character yeah that's one of my favorite things about her is that she's you know she has so many different levels and she's strong and she's proud of being strong but she's also a little self-conscious because maybe it means she's not so feminine and she likes girly things and it's really really cool to get to do a character who's not necessarily so kind of stuck in a trope that that she doesn't really have anywhere to go. Um, so I get to do a lot of levels with her and a lot of different things, and it makes it really, really fun. Yeah, I, I especially love her her moments with Iris. It's like, oh, could this be love? And she's like slapping yeah. her over. Like you, like, you have this woman who literally is about to like kill two of her crewmates with like her bare hands. And then all of a sudden she's like, could this be love? And I'm like, oh my God, this is exactly what a real person would be. Maki's like a legit person. And I love exactly. that. Exactly. I really love that. You know, I, I wish that there were more characters like that in Fire Force, honestly. I feel Me like too. we only get that with like her and Shinra, honestly. Although, mm. to be fair... Arthur being the black star of this series is the greatest thing ever. I fr- <laughs> oh, like, God. I love we it. We got to talk about some of Arthur's greatest hits this season oh. when he was the one to realize it was pie. <laughs> oh my, I love that. It's Arthur the, Big Brain. That episode is like, really? I love that episode <laughs> so much. I love it so much because right when he says that, both uh, Licked and I forget who else was it. Obi with them or Vulcan? No, it was. It was 
Was there? Uh, no, it was uh, the the guy from the. Force. Oh right, the whistle guy. The whistle the guy. Whistle oh, guy. Like yeah. right when he says that, every, they both turn around and then to be continued. I was like, that's exactly <laughs> how you end that episode. That is so perfect. I, I like I, like besides Maki, who would and you say is your favorite? Thing. Who would you say is your favorite character to like see play out throughout like throughout the se- uh, season oh. since you're watching with us? Because I mean, there's there's a lot of really good ones. I mean, Arthur honestly, like when he's like wearing the knight's armor that Vulcan made in his, <laughs> his art, you cosplay. Know? Yeah. Um, I really like Sharon. He's like <laughs> one of my favorites to watch. Um, because he's such a dad, but also like evil. <laughs> um. God, who else do I? I, I have That's so many fun. characters that I like in this you just, show. You just love Fire Force, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just all Fire Force. Sketch, do you have any like characters that you like to keep an eye on that we get to see? I know for me, I, I love to see like Inka's just possessed eyes more than it. Like, that's the only reason why I enjoy seeing her, even though she's a fun character. <laughs> like, that face, that face, I, I think I even saw it from Sarah where she's like, Oh man, look at the way she's I looking mean, at you. Obi's always great in, in any scene he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, oh, geez, so there's a lot of cool characters that they introduced in this next season we didn't see a lot of them yet but i really like ogun yeah ogun had some killer moments in that second arc when he like makes a snowboard out of fire (laughs) and a basketball pretty pretty ridiculous stuff but man he's got some cool powers (laughs) Uh, absolutely absolutely and uh you know i mean captain hina was always fun (laughs) I love Hinoa. Do you like the dynamic that that uh, Maki and him share? Because it seems I really yes. do. It's one of my. Fi- I I love when I get to go in and do a scene when Chris Wakehamp has already recorded for Hinoa, and I get to like act off what he's laid down. It's like one of my favorite dynamics of all it, of. The it feels like a great sitcom. It feels like a rom com sitcom thing. It's just <laughs> I love it so much, especially like when you have Maki who probably could beat him to a pulp and then he just yeah. like grabs her by the head. It's like, what did you say? And she's just like, Oh God, no, <laughs> please. No, I, I love it. Absolutely love it. And I, I will ask this too. Is there anything that you wish fires force might've done differently or something that didn't quite jive with you? And like, obviously mm-hmm. not, we're not here to trash stuff. Like I, I know I may be like a negative Nancy when it comes to like series that might've disappointed me, like the promise Neverland season two, for example. But, mm-hmm. um, is there anything that you wish that could have been a little different? I know for me, and this is something that Sketch and I talked about off the podcast, I really feel like side characters don't get as big a chance to shine as they could. And and maybe I feel this way because I've seen series that do it successfully, like Black Clover, like Assassination right. Classroom. And I feel like Fire Force has such a diverse and just fantastic cast of like nearly every character I want to see more of, even like the main characters like Shinra and Arthur. Is right. is there anything that you think that Fire Force could do to maybe improve the type of experience for others? And, and like I said, that's just me. I'm not saying anyone has to like agree or disagree with it. But for me, I definitely think that the side characters could use a little more love. But that's like I said, that's just how I look at it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not biased or anything, but I definitely want to see more Maki. I mean, I want a Maki-centric I mean, spinoff show. I'm not show. biased either, but I definitely <laughs> want to see more Maki. <laughs> like, if, if there's one bummer thing about season two is that there hasn't been nearly enough Maki yet. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I want a spinoff of, like, her, Iris, and Tamaki just, you know, do, eating oh, ice cream. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. You know, but uh, I just... 
I wish that we could see, you know, Maki do more than what she seemed to have done. Like, obviously, in this latest arc, when they were fighting uh, Hajima headquarters, Mm. uh, I would love to see um, Tamaki be able to do more than just strip. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I would love to see, I would love, just like what we got with this uh, Iris episode, I would love to see more of Iris, you know, and maybe even an Obi-centric episode of him doing more Hinawa, you know, like I... I and even I remember talking with a friend. I was like, "Man, I would love to see more Hibana." I was like, "Yeah, you really haven't seen her as much." And yeah. I know she kind of becomes more tropey after her arc when you know they're adversaries, but she does offer you know the kind of same intelligence levels that like Leek does. And so I really would love to see that dynamic mm-hmm. of those two working together. Like when all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, you really ruffled your master's uh, feathers there," and it's like, "Ooh." Ooh, I like this here because just like they're like the same person almost. So like I, I just I wish I could see more of the side characters kind of be able to really carve out a path of who they are as a person. I, I do think we got that, you know, with Maki to an extent. I just wish I could mm. see more because I just happen to really like the character. A day in the life of Hinawa, make it an episode <laughs> or at least half an episode. Definitely. I would I would. I would honestly watch these sites. Like, Have kind all of... the characters spying on him. <laughs> they probably would. And I guess kind of really to, to wrap this up, Sarah, what has it been like for you, the fact that you were cast as Maki, the fact that you got to be on such, you know, a pretty long-running show, all things considered mm. with anime, and not only that, but getting it on or getting to see it on Toonami, like you get to see the finished product like all the other fans are. I, it has to be like such a whirlwind of emotions for you, seeing that kind of accomplishment. It's really, really cool, and I don't, you know, Maki was my first named role in anime. Um, I had just started doing, like, extra voices at Funimation, like, three months prior, and um, Kyle Phillips, the director, knew that the Japanese actress, um, this was also her first role, so we kind of wanted to mimic that. Um, So I got really lucky having jumped in when I did, Um, But it's been really, really great. And like I grew up on Toonami. I watched it all the time. I watched it after school with my brother when it was on, you know, during the week. Um, And so being a fan of anime myself is because of Toonami. Uh, So it's really, really cool to get to be a part of that now um, when it played such a big part in my life growing up. It's just been really, really fulfilling and unreal and and just awesome to be a part of that's awesome and i think both sketch and i will agree we love hearing your voices maki and we hope to hear you obviously mm-hmm. in other stuff whether it be on toonami or not she's uh, in one piece now that's I right now. oh if only that show was still on the block too i would actually welcome <laughs> I that know. i would at sketch i know we, we we like to bicker at each other about one piece i would actually love it to come back too i do i promise <laughs> i'm not uh I'm not kidding. And I I think we it's okay. both... It's okay, you know. I've, I've presided... It's like, it's fine. One Piece doesn't have to come back to Toonami. I mean, they're still dubbing it. That's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I have to ask, Sarah, what was your what was the show you couldn't wait to come watch with your brother when it was first... Uh, when it was airing before? I mean, I used to watch Dragon Ball with him. Um, oh, God, what was that one show called? It was like a Toonami original. Oh, IGPX? I think so. Oh, with, nice. the, with the mechs that race? Yes. Yes. I, yeah. like, I would watch whatever my brother was watching. And so we would watch that. I think they had like 
Boba Bo on there one yeah, time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Boba Bo was on then. Yeah. That was fun. Um, and then as I started to get older and started to, like, develop my own interests, I would watch, I would set the VCR recorder, if anyone remembers what that I, is. I still have um, my VCR <laughs> to this day. I love using it. <laughs> But I would set it for um, Naruto, Bleach, Eureka 7, um, and Blood Plus, like, every weekend. And I would watch it as it aired. And then I would go back and re-watch it, like, the next morning. And, like, rewind and watch the cool fights and stuff. Nice. Um, Fooly Cooly, I liked a lot, too. I, Sketch, I'm not going to lie. I was really expecting a Hamtaro answer as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't. I watched a little bit of Hamtaro, but I wasn't as much of a as much of a Hamtaro girl as oh. as some of my my peers. I love the Ham Hams. <laughs> I, I love the Ham Hams. I want a reboot. I want a reboot of it so bad just to get it here. Or Discotech, save it, please. It's a tsunami show. We have to. We need to. Um, but yeah, Sarah, I think that's pretty much all that we have. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug before we kind of sign off? Things that you can say, of course. <laughs> oh, um, watch Fire Force. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Still airing on Toonami, uh, Saturday nights at one thirty, twelve thirty Central. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right. Well, let's get some house cleaning done on this. Uh, you can email us at or at podcast at tunamifaithful.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at uh, Tunami or Facebook at Tunami Faithful Podcast and on Tunami Podcast on Twitter. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify. If it hosts podcasts, you will find our podcast on it. You can find every episode of this podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com slash Tunami Faithful Podcast and get the latest news by following Tunami News on Twitter, where you can read all our articles, whether they be breaking news, editorials, or reviews, which I'm sure a lot of people have been enjoying as well. And you can subscribe to the Tunami Faithful Pass at patreon.com slash Tunami Faithful, where you see our behind the scene interviews of the documentary we debuted this past year, What Tunami Means to Me. Hope you guys take a look at that. Uh, Sarah, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with us. This was such a good episode. I really enjoyed it. I hope the questions weren't too hard. Hope you were able no. to enjoy yourself <laughs> or anything like this. I know we can be kind of scary. Well, more no, so myself. Ske- sketch, sketch is the, the good one. I'm, I'm the bad cop here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you so much again for taking the time to talk with us. It was a wonderful time. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Mm. And with that, we will sign off. And thank you again for listening. See you, everyone. <laughs>